0: You're listening to episode 31 of Fresh Floppies. We got a lot to cover, so let's get started. What's up to all our psychics and edge folks out there? On the Geek Nation, my name is Noel, and you are listening to Fresh Floppies. What is Fresh Floppies? It is a spoiler-free review show of. Current comic books that are coming out in stores today. I'm talking single issues, uh, popularly known as floppies, um, because they they wiggle and they flop. It's single issues. It's a magazine. It's a periodical. What are you gonna do? Um, remember spinner racks? Anyway, um, today I am flying solo because JD's on vacation. Woohoo! Good for him. Um, but I didn't want to uh, let this very heavy week heavy full. Stacked week of comics (laughs) go by without, um, just talking about a couple that are coming out and they, uh, the ones I want to talk about today, um, skew pretty heavy on the spoopy. So, um, I guess we could just jump right into it. Uh, let's talk about, the first thing I want to talk about today is, uh, DC's black label, um, Batman City of Madness number one. Uh, this is written and drawn by Christian Ward of, um... Let's see, like Black Bolt fame. Um, uh, uh, well, he also just did Aquaman and with Ram V. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, he's a he is a very very prominent artist, and this is the first thing that I've read of his that he wrote. Also, uh, so how was it? Um, well, first of all, presentation. Uh, it's a black label book. It's a it's a proper black label book. So it is a uh, what is it like super prestige format. So it's it's wider and. Lo- and taller than a normal perfect bound comic. Um, so the canvas is larger for Christian Moore to do his um, craziness. Um, the story, it was pretty good. Um, I, like, I think that this, this book is, is solid, but um, I think that I'm personally in a, uh, the middle of a little bit of a Batman fatigue. Uh, and I felt similarly about um, a Black Label book that came out previously, The Gargoyle of Gotham, that was written and drawn by Raphael Grampa beautiful book checks all the boxes hits all the notes but i'm a little um worn out i think personally about uh, reading grizzled batman you know like the the typical he is the night the shadows uh, kind of tone of batman um because i mean naturally it's been happening for many many decades and it just kind of ebbs and flows with how well it works for me as a reader so story-wise um it was very well done competently scripted um the pacing is wonderful uh and it is very pretty book some of the panel progression is a little um avant-garde uh so there's a few pages that i had to read twice to kind of make sure that i was tracking the action but overall, strong book if you are if you are uh, all about the bats uh, if you love Christian Ward if you like out of continuity kind of creepy fun stuff in DC because yes I, I would I would probably call this a horror book um it gets it gets into kind of the uh, I really like Christian Ward. it's, it's not a spoiler that because it's on the cover that this also does kind of dip into the Court of Owls uh, <laughs> villains. Some of their lore, um, and I I really like what he does with them as the central figure, central villain. I'm not exactly a giant fan of how he's portraying Batman, but everything that's building around it is is pretty interesting so far and kind of cool looking, so... This is totally. This is where if you're if you're in if you're in the Batman of it all and you want something a little like neon hued, spooky Batman, this is a good book to pick up. Um, this is uh, Batman: City of Madness, number one. Um, for me, it was fresh enough, but I, I feel like I'm going to be an outlier, and a lot of people are going to consider this very fresh. Um, but yeah, that was book one of a thousand. Let's move to the next one uh, before we get deep into the spooky. Because uh, there was a lot of horror books this week. It's, it's almost as if it's October. Um, I want to talk about Superior Spider-Man Returns. This was written by Dan Slott and Christos Gage. With art by Mark Bagley, Ryan Stegman, Humberto Ramos, and Giuseppe Camoncoli. If you recognize all those names. Those are all the people who were responsible for the previous Superior Spider-Man era of Amazing. This is an interesting book. I mean, first of all, go read Amazing. Go read Superior Spider-Man. Um, it's it's very intrinsically tied to Amazing Spider-Man that was happening previous before it and and after it. But you can just grab Superior Spider-Man. I think there's there's an omnibus out now. It's very pretty. There's complete collections. It's all collected. It's on Infinity or whatever Marvel's digital app is called. Either way, read Superior Spider-Man agnostic of the rest of this conversation because it's awesome. This year is the 10th anniversary and they're bringing it back in a very interesting way. So this is not a, this is, this is a mix of current story, past story, and then current repercussions for the previous story that was untold. It's, um, it's not timey wimey. It's not, purely like oh this happened between the raindrops years ago and we're just now learning it now it's a it's a it's a mix of a couple things um and it, it's firmly planted in doc ox current continuity which is really it's pretty fun like i i i would have i i personally would have been a little disappointed if it was just like this is what happened between the panels and then we got like a million issues of that i'm glad that they're that Slot and Cage are Gage are um, placing this in the here and now uh, and leveraging other stuff around it. I, I'm very interested to see where this goes, but this issue itself, man, more than half of this was like a primer of <laughs> or recap of Superior Spider-Man. It doesn't spoil the, the larger uh, it doesn't spoil the fun of that series, but it does kind of like gets you caught up in a very fun and efficient way. Um, it, it was to the point. It, it was it was so well done to the point that I thought like I read Superior Spider-Man. And I remember most of it. Uh, there was a couple of parts where I wonder where I, I had to go back and think like Did this happen? in the recapping it, or is this new information? Because it was all very seamless and very well done. Kind of like a this was a very easy read. And so much as like sometimes you just read things and it's like like a waterfall. It just rolls. Um, and this was this was a strong book. Um, the art is great. Um, I love all of these artists. I'm a big stan for Stegman and, and Giuseppe Camicoli. Um, Umberto Ramos sometimes goes a little crazy, uh, with, the, with his panel layouts and just makes them really busy, but it's, it's just, it all works here. And each artist kind of hands off duties per, um, sequence or time period. So it's pretty seamless. Um, this is a really strong number one. I like this a lot. It's going to continue into a series, um, by some of this team. Most of this team. Oh yeah, Bagley, um, Slot, and Bagley are, are are continuing this into a, a new Superior Spider-Man series that's taking over the Spider-Man book that they're doing. But either way, um, this was a uh, this is fresh. I think this is fresh. It was it was a it was a really fun Spidey book, um, and I think uh, I they haven't lost any of their any of the the little winky magic that um, made Superior Spider-Man really fun to read. Um, This recaptured it pretty well, and I'm excited. I'm excited about this run. The next book I want to talk about is a DC book called Wesley Dodds' The Sandman, number one. Now, a lot of people, when they hear Sandman, they immediately think of Neil Gaiman. However, (laughs) there is a Golden Age um, hero uh, called the Sandman. It's Wesley Dodds. Who's a um, I, I admittedly didn't know much about him. Just knew the the gas mask kind of look and the, the gun that shoots uh, specific knockout gases. And he's a scientist and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. You know, classic um, uh, uh, noirish kind of the shadow and phantom style storytelling. Uh, this book itself, it's written by Robert Venditti with art by Riley Rossmo. And uh, I guess it's kind of um, fol- folding out of um, the Just Society, the JSA book that's going on right now by Jeff Johns and um, Mikhail Janin um, that it's, it's, it's such a, it's a perpetually book and it's, I don't think enough people are reading it, but um, it started with a one shot called The New Golden Age. Um, which introduced, kind of reintroduced some of these JSA characters, and then there's been about five or six issues, and now there are a couple of uh, standalone introductory miniseries with these characters, these Golden Age characters. The first one being Wesley Dodds, the Sandman, and then eventually we're going to get um, Jay Garrick, the Flash, and Alan Scott, Green Lantern, kind of reintroducing these these uh, Golden Age heroes for. Uh, new audiences so how was this um, this was pretty fun uh, Riley Rossmo has a very um, cartoonish uh, exaggerated kind of style sometimes you know uh, heroes have long faces limbs are skinny like it's a very specific kind of style and there's been sometimes when he's been on books I think the first one that comes to mind uh, or the most recent one that comes to mind is um, he was on the Robin book the Tim Drake Robin book which is a detective action book. Uh, and it just, it felt like the, for me personally, it felt like the wrong kind of marriage of, of art and, and story um, because he has a style that is almost a little bit too exaggerated for a grounded level character like Tim Drake. Whereas he also did Harley Quinn for a while. And I thought that was great because it is this very expressive style. Um, So I, I like, I'm a fan of his style. I just sometimes think that publishers will employ it in odd places and here it really works like it captures the 1940s um, gumshoe kind of aesthetic in a fresh way and his panel layouts in this book are just phenomenal like um, frankly the scene may be boring but how he's staging the characters and the panels is just very engaging. I I liked this a lot more than I thought I would. Um, Robert Venditti is hit or miss for me. Uh, I've liked a lot of his creator-owned stuff, um, I even liked a lot of his bad idea stuff. Uh, but I I really did not click with his Green Lantern. So it's just you know some things stick with you. Um, so he's he's not a deterrent of a writer for me as a as a reader, but he's also not like a draw so this was I was coming into this not skeptical but just kind of indifferent and it really won me over this is a this is a very fresh fun comic and you do not need to know a damn thing about Wesley Dodds to just jump in and enjoy this uh, tale from the 1940s it's really fun stuff Uh, yeah I would I would recommend this as a if you have a, a slightly light week or you're just looking for a new something anything check it out it's fun So the next book I want to talk about I didn't know existed. Um, Sumerian Comics today released American Psycho the Comic written by Michael Calero with art by Peter Kowalski. Piotr Kowalski. Um, American Psycho. The 19 or 2000 film. Yeah, 2000 with... uh, uh, blanking Batman Christian Bale with uh Christian Bale as uh, J- Jason Bateman Patrick Bateman Patrick Bateman Yeah see I I know it so well I saw this movie uh in college and everyone said it was the greatest thing in the world I thought it was just fine um it didn't strike me the same way as I guess it it struck others um and it's over the years; it's been worshipped on the level of like, uh, Scarface and, and Fight Club, um, and now the, the Todd Phillips Joker. But I I, I think the point of being, regardless of the movie's quality, it's more of um, uh, the imagery has become more iconic than the actual content of the films. Um, so when I saw that there's an American Psycho comic, I was like. Uh, okay, I, I rolled my eyes I'm going to be honest, I rolled my eyes um, But then JD was like Yeah, this was cool So I decided to give it a shot um, This is pretty cool <laughs> uh, This book goes um, In a way that I wasn't expecting uh, It tells the story of somebody completely different It's not about Patrick Bateman um, But some other guy who uh, is very tangentially connected to uh, what Patrick Bateman was up to in 1987, and then it immediately after after that kind of reveal, it immediately fast forwards to 2011, where we meet somebody completely new in a club, and st- stuff transpires. Then I have no idea what's going on so much plot wise. I mean the the story is clear right now but uh, as to the implications of where it goes from here mystery and it's a good mystery this is uh, i think a lesser a lesser take on on take a, a lesser a lesser approach to this property in comic book form would be a retelling or uh, a side story that we didn't see in the movie uh, something a little bit more um not only ip based but I mean, uh, uh, creatively, maybe a little easier, and this took a turn, and I, I actually really appreciated it. I think this was, I think this was pretty fresh. I would not have touched this comic um, if JD didn't give me a, a heads up, and I appreciate that. This was this was pretty slick. Um, will it continue? I don't know, who knows? But um i'm peaked i'm I'm peaked my my interest is uh is there so i would um if you're a fan of this movie yeah rock and roll give this a shot um the the art is fine the writing is very solid the uh layouts and uh clarity of story is is on point um yeah this is pretty fresh uh, it's American Psycho number 1, written by Michael Calero, with art by Peter Kowalski. Check it out. Another uh, IP comic that came out today. <laughs> but less of a surprise, because there have been comics about this movie and this series of movies for decades now. And arguably, not many of them have been very good. So... I'm talking about Army of Darkness. Uh, Army of Darkness Forever, number one, written by Tony Fleeks, with art by Justin Greenwood, came out today. Um, so I, 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 I love, I love the Evil Dead movies. I'm a big fan. Uh, I love the Ash Williams character. Um, this uh, in comics, though, uh, I've dipped in here and there, and honestly, I've just never really stuck with any of them. They're all more bombastic than fun they're loud as opposed to being melodic they're just they're cari- they're comics about caricatures and it, it it's it's fun as a gag but it never really sustains my interest so when a new army of darkness book gets released or announced i'm just like yeah okay maybe i'll try it but this one written by tony fleece who um has written a lot of things that i've enjoyed um he is the co-creator of stray dogs he is the co-creator of local man um some solid stuff so i was like you know what i'll give this a shot and then i heard the pitch if anyone is from has seen army of darkness maybe the theatrical version uh spoilers for a 30 year old movie um ash williams takes uh, uses the book to get back to his is his uh 1993 time and then he doesn't do it completely right and a, a witch and monster shows up and he fights him and yay hero move that's the theatrical version the the uh director's cut that was released on home video and other places um was he did the ritual incorrectly because he's an idiot And ended up sleeping for a hundred extra years. uh, And woke up to a post-apocalyptic, evil, ravaged world with a giant beard, Rip Van Winkle style. But that was an unofficial, non-canonical ending to the movie. This comic is the continuation of that (laughs) non-canonical ending. Um, So we're talking like niche of a niche of a niche and then this comic runs with it so i was like okay that might be funny um the first half really just recaps the 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 third movie shows you exactly what happened uh, immediately after the the film and him waking up in the future but then takes a turn that i was genuinely uh, giddy by um it was almost confusing like we get uh, in the last third of this book in the last five pages we get a smash cut that almost made me turn two two pages back to be like i'm sorry there's a page skipped is there a scene transition i didn't catch is something going on um and what fleece does is he actually recreates specific scenes from the both movies with Word for word dialogue to kind of root you, uh, root a fan into what he's doing, and then there's a little post credit scene, and I'm like, holy shit, this is really funny. This is really slick, and this is a really interesting thing to do with not only um, the theatrical version, but you've got this um, uh, often talked about or seen in in fan circles director's cut, and he's playing with both and guys this was the like best army of darkness comic i've picked up and read uh maybe ever i i was i i was as as a fan who doesn't care for the comics that much i was shocked um i'm gonna read the hell out of this i think it was very funny i think it was very well done and um i am perpetually uh impressed by uh this creative team the art too by justin greenwood awesome straight up awesome. It is a a style that is not slavish to the actors and imagery that came before it or that it's referencing, but it also is just close enough and uh homage enough to kind of keep you in that tone. Uh, it's not unlike what uh, if anybody uh, liked that what was it, like season 8 Buffy comics, uh Georges Janty was the uh, was the artist for most of it and he got f- likenesses facsimile of likenesses down really well to the point where it was still his art he wasn't just like image tracing actors but you could tell each character was a a, who they were referencing it was very well done that's very much like this this book is awesome i think this was fresh as hell um but i know it's not gonna be for everybody um so do with that what you will that's army of darkness forever number one by dynamite comics uh tony fleece and justin greenwood one of the first comics I ever bought was uh, an issue of Captain America by Mark Ruhmwald. uh Artist is escaping me, but the cover was um, Captain America as a werewolf. <clears throat> Hence the Cap Wolf saga, um, and good or bad i've been obsessed with it ever since so when i saw that they are doing a cap wolf and the howling commandos miniseries by marvel comics written by stephanie phillips with art by carlos magno um yeah i pulled it yeah i read it and yeah i dug it um this book is stupid but awesome stupid i mean stupid in like the cool way that kids are like that's dumb i love it uh two kids say that doesn't matter either way um cap wolf And the Howling Commandos, number one This is a World War II story Where the Howling Commandos and Captain America Are fighting the Nazis And punching them in the face and stuff Um, uh, Sergeant Fury uh, Gets hurt and can't uh, Lead the Commandos So he asks Cap to do it for him And Dum Dum Duggan's like Nah, fam, Uh, this was fun Um, And then, you know Werewolves happen uh, and it's got a pretty fun cliffhanger. This is this is a perfect Marvel Halloween book. Uh, the art by Carlos Magno is... Uh, some of it's a little... Especially the war stuff is a little muddy. Uh, uh, but um, there's a couple of panels in here that are just so good. There's a couple of splash pages that are great. Um, and he really does excellent facial acting. Especially in a lot of the dialogue scenes. You can really... this there's a couple of sequences in here that it could have been a silent comic and it would have been just as effective. This was, this was very well done. This is a, this is a wonderful, spoopy, uh, halloween superhero story. Um, I think it's a four issue miniseries and that's, that's perfect. Just dip in and out. Um, this will be a fun trade. Um, and yeah, it, it, it feeds on my little member berries about uh the first captain america comic the first comic i picked up um so anytime i see captain america werewolf i'm in and uh this was no exception i'm just glad that it wasn't uh horrible to read it was pretty wonderful so i would say pretty fresh this was pretty pretty fresh uh the last book i want to talk about um there's a couple read a couple today but the last book i want to talk about is operation sunshine this is a new number one by Dark Horse Comics. It's uh, with a script by Henry Zebrowski and Marcus Parks with art by David Rubin. Um, this was a, a blind pickup. I had heard about it as being a kind of a different twist on the vampire story. Um, and they were right. Uh, we are introduced to two blood bugs, uh, which is lower level vampires who were just turned. They don't really have any special abilities or powers. They're just people who can't hang out in the sunlight, can change, and need to feed on blood. Uh and are mortal, but, you know, not invulnerable. Uh and then you've got OVs, which is original vampires, the 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 heavies. Um and it's it's two disparate characters whose stories kind of intertwine in a playful way. this was fun. I, I think this was more fun for the the um, subversive world building uh, slight comedic tone but never strays away from its horror roots. Um, I especially like the second character we meet. Um, his name is escaping me but he's a he's a middle manager nobody who happens to be uh, six months into being a, a bloodbug. Um, looking for friends and continuing his he's continuing his day job um, hides from the sun his coworkers hate him there's this there's this um, middle management corporate ennui that is (laughs) is kind of like pasted over his very real problems of oh now you're actually you know you're a vampire now but his his level of denial is really just very fun to read um and then you you they, they team up together or they're, you know, unwittingly teamed up together in what promises or, uh, suggests to be kind of a fun, um, horror infused little, uh, odd couple action comedy. This was fun. This was really fun. Operation sunshine. Number one, it was pretty darn fresh. I've, I'm not familiar with Henry Zebrowski or Marcus parks, um, as writers, uh, but this was a really strong start. Um, I do like David Rubin, uh, his work with Matt Kitt on a couple of things, um, so yeah, this was this was um this was a nice surprise, spoopy as well. Uh, it's it's October, so like horror comics all over. i have a I have a tenuous relationship with horror comics sometimes. like as a genre, I don't necessarily think that comic book uh, that comic books do horror a service because I mean, I feel like part of horror uh, the experience is also it's it's very visceral. it's it's auditory. it's it it requires sometimes sound cues music like it's it's a it's a much more encompassing thing to really work and for me that's even harder in a comic book page because creating that atmosphere you're a little limited the sandbox is smaller but these books i talked about today and some of the books that i've i've read i mean not all fall under that it's just i think i think i i don't associate horror with comics as the place to, or i don't associate comic books as the place to experience the best horror but i'm totally wrong because there's some great horror comics out there um so i'm constantly kind of like looking and seeing uh, and, and some great ones today the operation sunshine was fun Cap wolf was silly army of darkness was hilarious american psychos sh- shocked me um another couple that came out today uh we've got the devil that wears my face I didn't get a chance to read it yet by david pepos um the second issue of the call by kelly thompson and mateo dia lewis um first issue we talked about and it was awesome and then there's a couple of other like fun things that came out this week a new a new book by brian bucoleto and stefano simoni yeah stefano simoni uh about midlife how to be a hero at 50 um and then more amazing spider-man it's it's a, it's a thick week, guys. It's a thick week of comics. I read as many as I could. Um, we talked about way too many. But uh, that's what we're here for. The hope is that any of these books that we talked about today sound mildly interesting to you. And on your way to the shop, you're like, Oh, I'm going to try that out. Because I heard some randos on the internet say that that was fun. In perpetuity. So... <laughs> um i think that's all i'm going to talk about today uh next week jd will be back and this will be a, a, f- a fuller experience with more than one voice um but in the meantime be sure to like comment subscribe if there's something that you would love us to to review or talk about that's coming up email us uh cultpopgo at gmail.com also do not forget Do not forget to join us live Wednesday nights on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, uh, all the streaming Johns for the Cult Pop podcast. Um, Tonight's episode is going to be a great one. We have independent comic creator Carmen Costa coming in to talk about his uh, fully funded and very exciting new comic book called Proctor uh, on the show. And we're going to talk about our favorite indie comics, uh, independent creator-owned comics uh, and stuff. So yeah, join us for that. Thank you so much for spending your time with me. Have a wonderful one. We'll catch you later. to the Cult Pop Network, home to podcasts, live shows, and a whole lot of fun stuff for every flavor of fan. Follow us wherever you find your favorite podcasts, and be sure to join us live every Wednesday night at youtube.com backslash cultpopgo at 8 p.m. Eastern. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to the channel and hit the bell icon so you'll know when we drop new Thunder Rounds and episodes of Fresh Floppies, a spoiler-free show about single-issue comics released each week. Until then, we'll talk at you later.